Hi, friends, and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name's Alicia, and if you're a Gilmore Girls fan, Stacy has a real treat for you this week. That's right. We are covering the marriage and divorce of Rory Gilmore herself, the actress Alexis Bledel, who was married to fellow actor Vincent Kartheiser until just last year. Like the end of Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, there are some unknowns in this story, but as ardent Gilmore fans, come on along for the ride with us. If somehow, Trash Pandas, you have not seen this decade-plus-old series or the seven-years-ago-now follow-up, <laughs> we probably need to give you some spoiler warnings, but also, what have you been doing for 20 years that's kept you too busy for Gilmore Girls? Seriously. All right, Stacy. before you take us to Stars Hollow today... We do have a magic mirror here with some huge thanks and praise to give to our most recent Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for joining us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Shanann A, Susan T, Kimberly W, and Tiffany F. Holy cat. So grateful to our Patreon community. So grateful to you for tuning in to our Stars Hollow extravaganza today. Second start of the right and straight on to Stars Hollow. Stacy, Let's go, go, go. It's the trashiest divorce out of Stars Hollow. Stacy, tell me about Alexis. I'm so excited for us to go to Stars Hollow today, Alicia. It's my favorite place, Stars Hollow. Rory Gilmore, friends. Classic television personality from Gilmore Girls, portrayed by Alexis Bledel. Our friend Alexis was born on September 6th, 1981 in Houston, Texas. Virgo girl. Her father is Argentinian and her mother is Mexican. She's a younger brother. Uh, in her family, their Latin American roots were very important to them, and they were they featured prominently in her childhood. Her parents, for instance, only spoke Spanish to her at home. She didn't learn English until she started school in really? Houston. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. I, this really surprised me to learn about her as she just capably portrayed a classic like like white kid in Connecticut. Right? Sure. Anyway. Interesting. In addition to the language, her family enjoyed, you know, culturally appropriate foods, listened to Latin American music, celebrated holidays with Latin American traditions. She said once, I really was in a Latino bubble. She enjoyed many aspects of her culture and upbringing, but she's acknowledged that it left her feeling somewhat, you know, in between and explained, it does leave you searching for an identity, I think, and that's probably why I was attracted to acting because I could make up my own identity in a character. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes, makes sense. Perfect sense. She was also a shy child. So to alleviate that, her parents encouraged her to participate in community theater. Oh, oh, the bug. Anyway, she performed in productions of Our Town, The Wizard of Oz, and Aladdin. Initially, she was scared to go on stage in front of people, a little stage fright to keep her going. But it did help her, and she grew to love performing. She says, quote, I thought it was utterly terrifying, like terrifying to go out on the stage. But then once you start to speak or to dance or to sing or whatever it is you're doing, then it's kind of exhilarating yeah. and comfortable. Alexis told Elle Girl that she was discovered by a modeling agent at a local mall when she was 14 years old. That's just so darn wholesome. Whoever gets discovered at a mall these days anymore. <laughs> she told Seventeen Magazine, quote, I ended up taking senior year off because I traveled a little bit for my modeling career. Seventeen was actually my first job. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
She recognized that modeling at that age could have done harm to her self-esteem, though, and she was careful not to pay too much attention to the criticism, saying, quote, When I was modeling as a teenager, which is probably the most sensitive time of a person's life, I just ignored it when people said to lose two inches off my hips. Ugh. When it came time to attend college, Alexis left for NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. She wasn't really sure what she wanted to do in the field. She kind of figured she'd end up working behind the camera because shyness, stage fright, all sure. those things. She told IGN, quote, I always thought that I would work behind the camera because it's a more comfortable place for me to be, really. It's just more comfortable, a more relaxed way to work. Even though she thought she would prefer to be behind the camera, she began auditioning for TV roles through her modeling agent. And lo and behold, we all know how that turned out. So prior to being cast as Rory Gilmore in Gilmore Girls, she had only really had one acting part before this. She had an uncredited role in the film Rushmore. Right. No, she was so green and poor Lauren Graham had to like walk her around the set. She knew nothing. Nothing. Jon Snow. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this really was her first acting gig, which just happened to land on what became an uber successful and much loved long running television series. She was unsure of what was in store for her when she was cast in the show, but, you know, she told NYU that maybe she'd be back <laughs> sometime maybe. soon and headed to L.A. to start filming. She told Elle Girl, I was completely overwhelmed. I was working 18-hour days and weekends, too. This is an 18-year-old girl. like Right. She also confessed that she did not know how filming and production worked a lot mm -mm, of the time and felt <laughs> completely lost. She was 18 years old, living in a new city, and getting a crash course in acting while working to the point of exhaustion. It sounds fun, doesn't it? Super fun. She went from obscurity to the pressures of being recognized, and then she was just famous. In an interview with Marie Claire, she said she was completely unprepared for the cult-like following and success of Gilmore Girls. She said that she even considered giving up acting after a few years because she didn't like the changes that came with suddenly being famous, especially at that young an age. Well, that would have changed the nine seasons of Gilmore Girls. It would have if they had <laughs> had to kill Rory off. Yes. Yeah, terrible. When Gilmore Girls premiered on October 5th, 2000 on the WB, it became one of the flagship series for the network. It was praised by critics for its witty and clever dialogue and the writing the acting performances were also universally praised, and by season two, its ratings had grown by double digits. I mean, it, it took off. As it turns out, Alexis Bledel got more than acting experience on the set of Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah? Her love life during the show sort of mirrored that of Rory's love life. Most fans of the show know that she and Milo Ventimiglia, Jess, Jess. <laughs> had a serious romance off the show, but... Alexis also dated Jared Padalecki, Dean, Dean, and a guest star of the show who played a member of the Stars Hollow basketball team in season two. She remained platonic with uh, Matt Zucri, who played Logan. Sure. Allegedly. Allegedly. Plat Were you a team Dean, team Jess, or team Logan? Have we talked about this before? <sighs> so I had a different experience, perhaps, because I came to it late, and so I was binging the DVDs. Sure later so like i was initially i was team like all of the guys that she dated i don't know i think i because i saw it in a compressed way i sort of could experience the arc in a different way than people who watched it real time ah it was tough to watch real time the the jess thing was tricky when when he first came on the scene i agree i agree with that 
All right. It was a highly debated issue of fans who Rory should ultimately be with. Many were very loyal to Jess, but others felt that Logan was a better fit for her. And there were some who still rooted for married old Dean. Oh, team Jess, team Dean, team Logan. It's a thing. People have their feelings. Oh, big opinions. Big opinions. Those in the Jess camp were excited when they found out that the actors were dating in real life. Alexis and Milo began dating in 2002, and they tried to keep it private, but, you know, for super fans of Gilmore Girls, this was just too good to be true, and they wanted to know more. An August 2020 InStyle article referred to their romance as something that, quote, resonated because they were a fragment of Stars Hollow that existed in the real world. I mean, Stars Hollow is a nice place. We I all, love it. We all want to live there. For their age and for it being a Hollywood romance, the relationship actually lasted a lot longer than many would under those circumstances. They they were together for four years and didn't break up until 06. And although their on-screen romance was turbulent and the characters felt mismatched, even though they had great chemistry, off-screen they were very serious about each other. In 2005, People Magazine asked Alexis if wedding bells were in the future. For the lovebirds, she responded, quote, I think everybody who's been dating for more than a couple of years probably talks about it at some point. It's a fun thing for us to talk about, but that's it. It's down the road. Ah, okay. Or Or never. never. (laughs) As it it may turn out. Who knows, though? I mean, she's back on the market. I don't know. Neither of them ever talked publicly about what went wrong in the relationship, but Milo's rep confirmed the breakup at the time of the split, telling people that he was single, ready to mingle. I added that last part. Milo returned to reprise his relationship with Rory in the 2016 Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. And this, you know, made many hopeful for a romantic reunion between the two characters, if not the two actors, because she was married at the time. But the spinoff left us with unanswered questions about Rory's romantic future. I mean, ah. So many questions. Rory. Five years later, Alexis appeared on Watch What Happens Live with her The Handmaid's Tale co-stars, when asked who she felt Rory should have ended up with, she responded, Jagan? Kind of mashing up all three <laughs> names. I can't single somebody out. So yeah, Jess, Dean, Logan, Jagan. Rory's just three-timing. Everybody, everybody wants Rory. So after the hugely successful run of Gilmore Girls ended, Alexis acted in some movies and she had a few guest appearances in television shows. One of these was Mad Men in 2011. And it was on the set of Mad Men that she would meet her future husband, Vincent Kartheiser. Oh, okay. Vincent played the unlikable and ambitious character of Pete Campbell. Alexis played the role of Beth Dawes, an unsatisfied housewife. Spoiler, all of the housewives on the show were unsatisfied. (laughs) I only watched like half of the first season because it made me feel claustrophobic to watch these poor women completely devoid of opportunities in life. Anyway, Pete meets Beth through her husband with whom Pete rides the train into the city every day. Like they they're commuting buddies and the two characters end up having a brief relationship during her three episode arc. In May of 2012, Alexis told amctv.com that Kartheiser was nothing like his character Pete. Quote, he's light and funny and has lots of energy on set, she explained. He keeps everybody energized as well. Very, very different than Pete. She also told AMC that he helped her to feel at ease during their love scene. Aw. I was really nervous. Vincent noticed and made it much better for me by just sort of making sure I felt comfortable. He kind of helped me take the edge off a little bit just by being nice. 
it is weird how little it takes to make things better, you know? I can imagine if yeah. you're on set and having scenes that... Yeah, very, I mean, very intimate. It yeah. is your job, but, but yeah, like if the person you're acting with, I don't know, has some kind of wall up or is like, like it is just a job. And it would help no... to be nice. Yes. Yeah. Vincent spoke out about Alexis in October 2012 when he told Us Weekly that he was, quote, a really lucky guy to have her in his life. Aww. Less than one year later, their engagement was announced in March of 2013. So some, some quotes about the happy couple. They couldn't be happier, a source exclusively told Us Magazine after the proposal. A second insider added, they're so cute together. Vincent told Us Weekly, I'm a very lucky man. I keep saying girlfriend, and then I'm like, I mean, my fiancé. Not much was shared about the engagement. These are people who are very private, given, you know, the opportunities. They're not particularly active on social and stuff. So anyway, not much was shared about the engagement, except Alexis showed off her engagement ring and proudly told the media that Vincent had picked it out himself. In April 2014, Vincent spoke with Vulture and explained why he and Alexis chose to keep their relationship so private. I actually love this quote. Quote, It's something I realized about the most important things in my life. If I share them with the world and I open that door to their fuming anger that they need to get out or their adoration that they want to flaunt, it lessens it, it cheapens it, it weakens it. And it's magical love and all of that, profoundly spiritual, and it just doesn't feel right. I think that's great. So they also avoided social media, so they didn't have kind of lovey-dovey Instagram feeds or any of that stuff. Like, they really kept themselves to Low themselves. Mm-hmm. This is a good spot to pause, to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at what their Mad Men co-stars had to say about this particular turn of events. Rock on. Back in a minute. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. So the Mad Men cast has some opinions on the love affair. All good opinions. So Mad Men star Elizabeth Moss, who played Peggy Olsen, and co-star Jessica Pear, who played Megan, said that Vincent jokingly practiced popping the question on them. And so they told People magazine, 
It was purely comedic, but he was giving Elizabeth and I a facetious rendition of his planned proposal. We were like, great, let's do this one, but without the cursing and no yelling. Elizabeth Moss said of the couple, they're such a yin and yang. I've known Vinny for 12 years and Alexis is just the sweetest. I've never seen Vincent like this. It's really cool. John Hamm, who played Don Draper, said that he sensed a connection between the two long before they made it official. I did know he liked her from a very early point. I was a supporter of that union, he says. Show creator Matthew Weiner also felt sparks between the two. He said, I told Vinny that they would be great together. I was like, don't blow it. Honestly, they're a perfect match. They're both very down to earth with a sense of responsibility and strong family ties. And they've been acting since before they can remember, which makes for a very special personality. It's not just that I thought they would look cute together, although they do. The very private couple married in a secret ceremony in June of 2014. There were no details or pictures released of the wedding. Oh, wow. That is quiet. Yeah. I wonder, though, when you... Secret weddings for celebrities, I think, just means, like, they didn't issue press releases and made sure there was no press, right? Right. Secret. It's not like they went off to a cave somewhere and had an officiant. I I imagine their families were there and the people they love. Sure. Unpublicized. Unpublicized. In 2015, they welcomed a son, Mazel. However, they made no announcement about the birth. Unpublicized. Secret baby. And uh, (laughs) in 2016, it was uh, Gilmore Girls co-star Scott Patterson, Luke, Luke. Uh uh, who let the news out of the bag, telling Glamour magazine, she's blossomed as a woman, and now she's a proud new mother and married and happy. We're comparing notes because my son is about a year and a half older than her young son. I'm showing her photos and videos and what to expect. We're just really enjoying each other's company. This is when A Year in the Life was was in production. That Amy Sherman Palladino, man. She knows she, how to bring people together. She knows how to make a show. Yeah, she does. Mrs. Maisel is in its last season. It's incredible. And she's got a new production in the works, which is like Bunheads with a Budget. Really excited to see what she's going to do next. Yeah, people who loved Bunheads really loved Bunheads. This is turning into our Gilmore Girls fan appreciation show. ASP all day, man. By 2017, Alexis commented on some of the changes that motherhood had brought into her life. She told Entertainment Tonight that she's now choosier about the roles that she takes. More than anything, she says, I just think about what roles I take on and make sure that it's really something that I feel passionate about if I'm going to leave home and go work. That makes sense. Gilmore Girls fans were elated when Netflix announced that there would be a limited series reboot of the show. True story. While it was entertaining and enjoyable, the ending left some fans with some heartburn, maybe wanting a little more info. No, the info's out there. We know the answer to this. Logan's the father. People, you need to wait because I am Team Wookiee. I know the, the timeline doesn't work. The timeline doesn't work Team out. Wookie. Everybody on the production is very confused. Like, there's not a question about this, but it just took people a few years to catch up, right? It's because secretly we all want it to be the Wookiee. So far, there has been no announcement about any further reboots where fans may get the answer about who the father of Rory's baby is. Once again, Team Wookiee over <laughs> here. No, I did see that uh, a costumer has like she put out a tiktok like 
are you guys not able to do math? Yeah, like, the math on it isn't hard. To... The sweater was not that big at the end. Like, yeah. okay, maybe Wookiees have a very long gestation period. <laughs> Sorry, if you've not seen A Year in the Life, this is probably very confusing to you. But anyway, the paternity is likely Logan. Wow, we just spoiled all of that. We may need to make sure we include spoilers, uh, spoiler alerts in the uh, intro. Okay. Okay. For her part, Alexis was super excited to see her old colleagues back on set, but she also was a little bit disappointed by the kind of cliffhanger ending. She made peace with it, though, because Amy Sherman Palladino, yo, like, what are you going to do? She told Entertainment Tonight that she, Amy Sherman Palladino, knew what reaction she was going to get out of the audience. And she was delighted by throwing everyone a curveball. I knew that's what she wanted, and I trusted her. Perfect. There was some bad news. In August of 2021, her husband Vincent was investigated on two counts of misconduct while filming HBO Max's superhero series Titans. Oh my, what kind of misconduct? Well, it was investigated by Warner Brothers, not the police, to be super clear. So Vincent played Dr. Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow, on the series. Titans was produced by Warner Brothers, which is the company that investigated these claims. He was accused of displaying, quote, immature behavior of a verbal nature. And uh, after looking into the situation, Warner Brothers determined that, you know, it was like maybe they needed to sit him down and talk about stuff to say to colleagues, perhaps, but that he didn't need to be fired. Let's take you in for a little HR training. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was counseled and, you know, educated on appropriate behavior on set. Huh. A few weeks later, though, another complaint was filed with, with the studio against Vincent. And again, another investigation. They took more corrective steps, included, this sucks. They hired a monitor to just like hang out and like watch him on set and make sure he was... Huh. Staying in bounds. We need that for Inman. <laughs> That's not a terrible idea. Not a terrible idea so, at all. Vincent's representative told USA Today, quote, Vincent Kartheiser vehemently denies the allegations. Warner Brothers investigated this matter and made clear to Mr. Kartheiser its expectations for behavior on the set, and he agreed to comply with their directives. Okay. Hmm. I feel like that's a, an odd denial. I deny it but I'm totally doing what the studio said for me to do (laughs) so that this never happens again. Never happens again. All right. So in 2017, Alexis joined The Handmaid's Tale. It was appealing to her not just because of the excellent writing and interesting plot lines, but because the consistent schedule and location of the TV series made it easier for her to be with her son. Good work-life balance there. Alexis won an Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series in 2017 for her work on the show. She would go on to be nominated for Emmys in the Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series category in 2018, 2020, and 2021. Wow. It is a solid show. But in 2021, she decided she needed a break from playing the character of Emily Malik. It was difficult for Alexis to work on such an intense show and to be able to leave the events of the storyline at work. In the first season alone, Alexis's character was tortured and then forced to watch the execution of the woman that she loves. Even back in 2018, she was finding the experience to be quite challenging, telling the Daily Beast, quote, I felt sick to my stomach playing that scene out. 
Thank goodness the show is a cautionary tale, otherwise it would just be too upsetting. She said the only reason she was able to stay in the early years of being on the show was because her schedule was not too terribly demanding, saying, It's limited the time that I spend actually in character. It's like a couple of days a month. It's not an extended period of time. If I had to do that, I think I would be more challenged by the darkness of it. She added that playing Emily in such bleak circumstances was bearable, quote, because it's so far removed from my reality. Wow. However, after the January 6th riots and the overturning of Roe vs. Wade, Alexis was feeling that the show's storylines were getting closer and closer to reality. She told Variety magazine in May of 2022, After much thought, I felt I had to step away from The Handmaid's Tale at this time. I'm forever grateful to Bruce Miller for writing such truthful and resonant scenes for Emily and to Hulu, MGM, the cast, and crew for their support. She was not the only one who was feeling that the fiction of the show was getting uncomfortably close to reality. I think millions of people also share that view. In 2021, the producer, Bruce Miller, admitted to feeling the same way while he was addressing the Television Critics Association. When you come up with something horrible in your head and put it on television and then hear something like it happening in the real world, it's just sickening, he said. So I have a fun fan theory, though, about Handmaid's Tale. Are you going to do another spoiler for the folks? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. For anyone who loves TV, I'm here for you. Okay, so Bradley Whitford, who played Josh Lyman on The West Wing, um, is also on the show. He plays Commander Lawrence, who designed the financial system of the new, like, theocratic fascist society Gilead. My theory is that after his time in the Bartlett administration, and after Rory graduated high school, and <laughs> when, like, the world took a terrible turn. Sure. And now, like, yeah, Josh Lyman and Rory Gilmore are trapped in this, like, theocratic fascist society. I really think the only the only real problem is that... The wife of Commander Lawrence was not given to that role, was not given to Janelle Maloney, who played Donna on The West Wing. Oh, sure. Yeah, they really could have made it better. Yeah, absolutely no shade to Julie (laughs) Dredson, who, like, rocked the role as his wife. But still, I just thought that's my alternate take is, like, they are the same characters from those other shows. And everything went very badly. Okay, In August of 2022, Alexis and Vincent announced their split after eight years of marriage. Vincent filed for divorce, and less than one week later, the former couple had already submitted documents for a proposed judgment and settlement. What? A week? I'm sure they had prenups when they went in, right? They are two working actors in Hollywood. They are successful. They are, like, I'm certain that they, there was a prenup going in. And so really what they had to do was just kind of go down. But a week, that's quick. Possibly they'd been working on it longer. I don't know. But I imagine there was a governing document in play. Anyway, the divorce was finalized three weeks later. What? Did they pay a judge off? Like, I mean, that's very really? fast on August 26th. This is probably a trashy divorce's record. So at that point, the couple had not made a public appearance together in years, A source told Us Weekly and told the magazine that their growing distance certainly played a part in their decision to separate. The statement also said that the split was due in part to a degree of social isolation in their lives, which, given the timing, like COVID may have played a role. But also, here's a source close to the couple. Quote, they didn't have a huge circle of friends 
But they both made up for it with very thriving and busy careers, almost to a fault. Vincent has always been a little bit of a lone wolf, and he's going to benefit from time on his own. The same source told Us Weekly, Alexis is a little eccentric herself, but compared to Vinny, she's incredibly normal. For starters, Vinny lives life by an unbreakable code of being humble and following a low-consumption lifestyle. That's something he's credited as helping him survive the crazy world of starting out as a child actor, and that's part of what drew Alexis to him. He was different. But I think, I don't know, perhaps he started in a fairly isolated place. Maybe they were just like team each other, but then when COVID hit, it really was isolating for her in a way that it just hadn't been before when she could like get out and see friends. So it was isolating for a lot of folks. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Was, yeah. So while these statements seem to be maybe a little one sided and point the blame primarily at Vincent and his lifestyle. He hasn't really denied the claims about himself isolating. Back in 2014, when he gave the interview to Vulture, he told them that he tends not to leave his house because, quote, there's nothing out there. Oh. Which actually is not true, Vincent. If you open your door and walk through, there are things. Whole big wide world, my friend. He also told The Observer during his Mad Men days that he didn't own a car in L.A. and commuted to set on public transportation. Okay. Quote, I go on the bus. I walk. A friend left his car recently at my house, and I took it out one day just for 15 minutes, and it was terrible. Do you know why? I felt like I was back in L.A. again. Four or five years ago, when I had a car and was out of the city, I wouldn't feel I was back until I got in the car, you know? But now I feel off the grid. I feel that I'm not part of the culture, and because I don't have a car, I don't go anywhere to buy things. That's one way to do it. Sure. So neither Vincent nor Alexis have appeared in any films or TV shows since their divorce. But again, there was sort of a lag in everything and a lot of productions because of COVID. Now with the writer's strike, who knows when we'll see new stuff. There is talk of a third installment of The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I would love Mm -hmm. that. But no official word yet. Alexis played the role of Lena in the first two movies alongside Blake Lively, America Ferrara, and Amber Tamblyn. As for another revival of Gilmore Girls, such as A Year in the Life, nothing is confirmed about that either. Netflix owns the license for a sequel series until 2026, so it's not completely off the table, but according to most people, it seems unlikely right now. Kelly Bishop, who played Emily Gilmore, agrees that, for now, it's not in the cards, saying, I honestly think it's very unlikely that kind of a situation could be pulled together because so many of the important actors in it They've all gone their separate ways and have other projects and other things to do. It would have to be like a continuation of those four extra episodes, but I just don't see it happening. And I don't see Amy being interested in it because Mrs. Maisel is such a huge hit and deservedly so. I just don't see her wanting to go back and revisit it. We all loved it. And there might be some opportunity, but it doesn't seem too likely. But sure, I'd play her again. I'd love to. Oh, Emily Gilmore. Emily Gilmore. Anyway, fans of the show, myself included, still holding on to that thread of hope. So that's a maybe, right? Everybody says it's just about timing. Like, everybody would love to do it if the timing works out. But with the cast that large, doing as many things as they're doing, timing would be tricky. Yeah, my reaction after watching A Year in the Life was that, realistically, they could just do one of the, like, a four-episode thing every ten years or so. And the, you know, just... If you can schedule the people, 
it's not like the fans won't want to see the story continued. Right. right? So keeping up with the characters is going to be the tricky part for Amy, should she want to. In late 2022, teasing us forever, Lauren Graham, who played Lorelai Gilmore, Rory's mother, told New Beauty magazine, I'm making plans to see Amy Sherman Palladino, the creator of the show, in the next few weeks. Come on, Lauren. Come on. Mm. She continues, it's always a fun prospect to think and talk about it. It used to be more of just talk, but having done it now, we know it's possible. I think I feel such a responsibility and so much love for the story that I would just want to be sure it was the right time. Lauren, there's never a wrong time (laughs) for more Gilmore. So we have no word. Although, again, these are very private people on any new love interests or new projects, honestly, for Alexis or Vincent. But presumably they are co-parenting their child quietly. He's taken the bus to her house. Sure. Picking up the kid. Don't know. Something along those lines. Hopefully he got a car just for dadding purposes. You'd like to think. You'd like to think. So I don't know if there are trash cans. Like, they were a little too low-key. Yeah, secret wedding, secret kid. I mean, if they're... Secret divorce. I feel like if there are trash cans, there's just not much in them. They're all in in secret. Yeah, and there's not much (laughs) in them because of his low-consumption lifestyle. So he's probably... probably, He's probably a big composter, honestly. Um, So that's... That is... That is a little Gilmore Girls nostalgia for us all. Terrific. The one divorce so far. Hopefully, though, only just one of Alexis Spladell. Well done. Well, thank you. Thanks for that, Stacy. You're welcome. It's always such fun to visit Stars Hollow and the ASP universe <laughs> in honor of your birthday this week and Memorial Day. We're kind of celebrating around here. We are. I am celebrating finishing Mrs. Maisel. Just last night, and our spiderwebs today is going to be a little bit of a ASP love sesh for any Patreon folks who want to stick around for that. I love it. In the meantime, friends, hey, have a great holiday weekend, if that is what you do. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday. And have a great time, everybody, celebrating Stacy's birthday. Of Huzzah! course. Of course. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Can't wait to be back with you Wednesday with the little bit of a surprise treat for you. Mm-hmm. Until then, friends. Keep those hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy. Big love, everybody. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. 
Come join us over there. And thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.